0: Welcome back everyone to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I'm so excited for today, another exciting episode because we have amazing LA-based blogger and designer Erin Haslag here with us today. Erin is so cool. I've just gotten to know her a little bit and I adore her work and I'm psyched to have her on the show and get to know her a little bit better. Thanks for being here, Erin.
1: Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited. This is my first podcast.
0: <laughs> Yay. Well, welcome to Wonderland. Um, and speaking of Wonderland, you live in your own a little bit of a wellness wonderland. Could you just kind of start us in right there and tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey um, to be a wellness blogger in L.A.? and I know that you wanted to start your blog kind of to get to know your city. Could you talk a little bit about just kind of your, not only your wellness journey, but your journey to taking that onto the blog platform?
1: Yes. Um, and... I don't I'm telling the whole life story, <laughs> um, but I am from a really small rural town. We're talking like 550 people, so that's that's the origin of Erin. <laughs> wow! And I I stayed in school for a very long time and collected a lot of alphabets behind my name. It was fun. And eventually moved to Detroit, which we talked about. And then on to Detroit. D- Pride. Detroit. Um, and actually, I would totally move back to Detroit if it weren't for the winters, because there's such a cool, creative startup scene happening there, sidebar. Renaissance, uh, yes, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and such cool buildings downtown. So it's, it's got awesome history. I love um, hearing that.
0: It makes me so happy right now. Yay! Looking
1: out my window. <laughs> and then um I moved to DC and I love DC and I am obsessed with like all things DC TV show, like rewatching West Wing and Shonda Rhimes and oh my gosh, House of Cards. I just oh, I love I love the like seriousness and the gravity of DC. It was really fun to be there and really fun to, to feel. Like the work was meaningful, but at the end of the day, I still didn't feel fulfilled, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I just, I was just like, okay, this works really important, but it's not feeling like it's my life's goal. So um, I eventually transferred with my company out to L.A. Uh, they were super cool, let me be one of the very first employees to work uh, remotely, And it was a big step for them and a big step for me because I was only 25, 26 at the time. (laughs) And, um, yeah, my my fiancé had already been out here for a year. And um, we, instead of crisscrossing the country, decided to share a home. And um, when I moved here, I knew him. And that's about it. So I have taught fitness I had taught fitness for several years and I've always used that as sort of the springboard into getting to know somebody and finding a community I did it in DC I did it in Detroit and kind of like find your people find your tribe and in LA it just wasn't happening like the scene was so different out here it was like so when's your DVD coming out (laughs) and I was just like I have a full-time job I just kind of like to teach fitness on the side because it's fun and and so it stopped being fun for me. And so um, I decided to just stop doing it. <laughs> and then I really threw myself into the blog even more once I made that decision because I didn't have another way that, that I could see to like get out as much as I saw bloggers doing cool things and meeting cool people. And um, so I used While in LA as a way to to get out and I'm kind of an introvert by nature so it really was easy for me to have something that I was kind of behind um, and presenting myself in that platform. Um, and it definitely helped bring me out of my shell here. This is a big, crazy, dirty, frenetic, fun, vegan, whatever you wanna be sort of city. So, <laughs> so you can you can be whatever you want here. And I chose to be well in LA. And um, have been having fun with it for three and a half years now.
0: (laughs) I love that. I love that. So you just kind of went out there and did it and met people. Do you have like an early example or story from that? Like when you – because I just – I love that. I'm like visualizing you, this like amazingly cool person moving to L.A. not knowing anybody and putting yourself out there like – how how did that go? Do you have any, like, specific examples from that when you first got started?
1: Oh, I need to to just put out there I'm not amazingly cool. I'm, like, super nerdy and <laughs> will, like, stay up all night and read code and figure out how to do things. So. But that's cool
0: to me because I'm right there with you, so...
1: <laughs> um, I think one of the first examples and the one that I love the most is my, who, a person who is now one of my dear, dear friends, Sophie of the philosophy. Um, She had another company and a partner at the time. Somehow we found each other through Twitter, through Facebook. She understood I had a blog, and I was a blogger, and she had a healthy chef food company at the time, and since has morphed and has an amazing business with philosophy. Um, But she was like this cute little elf that left these cacao, raw, cocoa, amazing, superfood-packed little truffles on my doorstep. And I came home, and that was like one of the first things in a little sweet note and I was elated. I was like, "This is so fun!" And then we eventually met, and she's um, one of my closest friends here in LA. And um, that's that's a cool story to me. Yeah,
0: I love that. That's that's a beautiful example. So yeah, really putting yourself out there. And um, it, it, and I know this from being a blogger, obviously myself. It 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 kind of helps to have a something behind you when you're when you're out there connecting with people like this is what I do and and on kind of a superficial level but not really when when you meet somebody through Twitter or through the internet it really helps to have that blog behind you to say kind of look this is who I am and it can kind of show you know they can get a taste for who you are and I think it really helps build friendships on the internet if it does nothing else, you know, that would be the most amazing thing that my blog could do is all the connections that I've made. And I'm sure it's the same for you.
1: Oh, absolutely. I have so many friends that I now say, "Uh, people, how did you meet? Like, oh, we met through Twitter. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. It, it, it sounds kind of funny, but that's just like the way of the world these days. You know, like I've met literally some of my best friends who i truly consider my best friends. I feel like I have to like plug that like no really they're my best friends but I met them on Twitter and that's just how it happens now and and it's really the blog having a blog really you can see wow we do share the same interests very quickly you can get a huge taste of someone and and what their life is like so going back to getting started on blogging Would you have any advice for other people who maybe want to start a blog but aren't sure or um, are maybe introverted like you said you were and are apprehensive of putting themselves out there and sharing in that way?
1: I think you have to pick a platform first of all um, that you're comfortable with. I'm um, working with so many clients. Some people really are not into blogging, and that's totally cool. You know, I when I started a few years ago, Instagram didn't exist, and I don't think people were as heavily into um, YouTube. I mean, everything's exponentially grown so much with social media platforms that I would say pick one. You don't have to have a traditional blog, um, you know, I would say find whichever one you enjoy spending time on the most and start there. And then other pieces of your your online persona and your personal brand can kind of fold into that and evolve as you do. Um, but it's it's nice to have a litmus of something that's really easy uh, to start off with. I think Tumblr is an awesome format if you're more of a visual person. If you have a personality and you like to be in front of the camera, then by all means go be a video blogger or a vlogger. Um, and if you love to write, if that's your passion, then start with a blog. Start sharing through written word. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think it comes down to what's your medium, and then you pick your outlet and be consistent and um, choose choose like one or two things you want to talk about because it the, that's been the hardest thing for me is the more that I narrow, the more I find my scope and the more I find my people.
0: Mm, I love that. That's a great line. and And I really like what you said before, too, about picking what you like to do. And um that reminded me of what I learned um, from Gabby actually at a workshop. She said, Um, Gabby Bernstein, who I know we both follow, and she said she was giving an example from her and she was saying, you know, I can write, I've written three books, I write blogs, I can do it, and I enjoy doing it. And she was like, but I love speaking experientially on a topic. So for me, video is my platform. And for somebody else, that may not be the case. But she said whatever it is, it's finding that and then just kind of rolling with it. So I think that that's like really sound advice for for bloggers and people getting started.
1: Yeah, and recognizing it changes too. Yeah. Um,
0: and there's so that- so many more options now, which is great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you're not, you're not um, stuck to one thing you're not married to it. play. I mean, really it's what we're all doing, right?
0: Exactly. Exactly. So you said picking a platform is really important. So your platform is wellness and, um, and, and all encompassing there. So could you tell us a little bit about your wellness journey? Has wellness and holistic health and fitness kind of always been on your radar, or is that something you grew up with, or is that something that you found on your own? Could you kind of just tell us about your journey and how it began?
1: Yeah, I definitely didn't grow up with it by any means. Um, I'm from the Midwest. I grew up on what, you know, my parents at the time could do, both working, you know. Um, the standard American diet, if we want to call it that.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I mirror that story so far to a T, oh, yeah. Midwest and all of it. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, uh, when I graduated high school, honestly, I had this insatiable, probably kind of stupid fear, the freshman 15. So I started running the summer before I went to college and I started picking up, uh, nutrition books. One of the first ones I read was Nancy Clark's sports. Wait. Uh, sports nutrition. It's real basic. It breaks everything down. This is a carb. This is a fat. So that was, you know, that's sort of like started my interest in all of this. Um, and I, I've studied health all through undergrad and grad school. And um, I, f- I feel like I spent my 20s really understanding my body, food, and how much I need to work out. And now that I'm hitting the thirties, <laughs> I'm I'm all about okay, what's going on on the inside more so. Um, and it's funny because I'm sipping on these totally disgusting, nasty herbs that are a tea that my Chinese medicine doctor gave me this morning. <laughs> so I had my first acupuncture slash uh, herb herbal treatment this morning, and I and I have these um herbs that I'm supposed to take before I fly and I'm like okay I'm telling my mom and she's like what's going on and I was like I'm just a California weirdo <laughs> um I like so those it's, herbs it's not the most pleasant tasting thing but uh, I think it's got a lot of dandelion root in it but but yeah that's sort of been like where I've been and where I'm going and it's hard to encompass you know like 12 years of a journey but it just want to feel really, really damn good every day of my life. Like, I, I see so many of my family members dealing with problems related to lifestyle, and I want to cut that out as a factor in my life. I just want to make food uncomplicated, fitness uncomplicated, just those aspects of my life uncomplicated, so I can use my brain energy to make pretty pictures. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, So speaking of that, speaking of pretty pictures, you are a designer and also have this passion for wellness and are super into wellness. So how do you you think that those two are connected and how does your eye for design play into all aspects of your life and just appreciating beauty and everything?
1: I sadly think the two of them are not well enough connected right now, which is good for me because it means I'll be busy (laughs) for a while. But I think um, um, that there's a lot of care and attention to detail in the way something is designed, the way it's presented, the way it's executed that makes you want to get on board. You know, like if something's really boring and flat and you're like, eat your salad every day, like come on I'm not no, stupid you. like I know how I'm supposed to eat I know I'm supposed to work out I know right. I'm supposed to do this stuff but like sell it to me make it sexy make it fun make it feel like something I want to do in my life every day so I kind of take that approach with um yes. the Preach way that I, I love that yeah um with the way that I see the world and I want to make it more playful because why not I, I think we take ourselves too serious <laughs> So stop.
0: Yeah, I think it's really easy to do that in um, in wellness. And, and in a, actually in a lot of areas of, of life. But, I mean, that's what we're into. So it's, it's really easy to see that. And I think in spirituality or in wellness or whatever it is, I think that design, actually in anything, but those are the things I'm into. And I'm also really into design. And I think that, man, if those two can combine, like, we can take over the world. You know what I mean? Like if you can visualize anything and make things a little bit better, I think it's just, I think it's just grand. So I think that combining those two is crucial and, and, and really, really cool. So definitely keep, keep doing that work. Um, It's
1: fun. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess getting back to the wellness end of things, um, could you tell us a little bit more specifically about some things that, that you do for yourself in the way of wellness? So what is like your favorite way that you're kind to yourself each day?
1: Um, I know it sounds a little hokey, but just being kinder to myself. I, I spent a lot of my 20s being really hard, on me and being very type a and feeling like i had to schedule every single second um and make use of it and and now i'm like if i feel like getting up and going for a 20 minute walk then let's do it the stuff will still be here when i get back it's not going anywhere (laughs) so just learning to like take myself less seriously um And before I talk to anybody, phone, email, any of that stuff, I have quiet time in the day. I don't talk to clients before 12 unless there's, like, some really special need, but I want the morning to, like, sit and think or do whatever I want to do before I get to work. Um, And I work hard, so I'm like, if I want those five hours, I'm going to take them. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I love that. I love that. And that's perfect because that was something else I wanted to ask you, so... What does your morning routine look like? Can would you walk us into that? Can we catch a glimpse? <laughs> sure.
1: Um, I went to parochial school, K through twelve, so I had the whole <laughs> uniform part of my lifestyle, <laughs> and it has like tr- it has it has hit everything in my adulthood. It's good. Like uh, my mom and dad are are awesome. I think of them as, like, my rock stars. They're amazing people. They gave me an awesome childhood. They gave me a great foundation for life. Um, so, so like, I had a routine every morning from the time I was born until I graduated high school and, and had to make it on my own. Um, so I've always been really big into, like, having a morning routine to feel like my day had a, a good foundation. So the mornings here are... I get up, and as cheesy as it sounds, I wash my face and I put on clothes. Like, I don't put on loungy lounge clothes unless I'm going to work out or it's Sunday or something. But I like real clothes. It makes me feel like I'm motivated to do something. And I live in LA, so anytime I step out of my house, <laughs> You never know what will happen. Um, and then I I usually put on a podcast. Sometimes it's yours and sometimes, you know, gotta have one to cover every morning. Uh and then I take my dog for a really long walk and I come back and I make tea or coffee or whatever and just sort of chill for a bit and then um I'll write or I'll color or create or do something fun and um just sort of think in quiet, <laughs> um, and it's been really quiet since I uh, since my fiance is in Australia right now. So a little too quiet. So I'm excited to to have another person there in the morning again.
0: <laughs> I love that. That sounds amazing. I wanna I wanna spend the night and have the morning with you. Have <laughs> morning, Can't but go I'm a sleepover.
1: Yay! I'm totally a night workout person. Like, I need to have the cutoff uh, because I will absorb myself and work. So I need to know, like, I'm going to yoga at 6 or 7 or whatever time it is. And I close the computer and I get out of the house and I go for a run or I go to yoga. And then I decompress and that's, like, signaling, slow down mind, slow down body. (laughs) Like, the day is done. Just chill.
0: I like that. I like that. I've been really on... um... That's how I used to always do it is yoga in the evenings. And I've kind of been switching it up when, when it, to kind of do the opposite where it's like get moving first thing in the day and then and then get dressed after that and then, you know, change that up. But I really liked what you said about getting dressed first thing in the morning because it's so <laughs> true. Like for me, I've been like putting off getting dressed because I, I'm like, well, I'm going to go to yoga in the morning. So, you know, I, there's no point. And then... <laughs> And then by the time you get home, it just the day doesn't feel quite quite right. And I feel like it's a really motivating thing to put clothes on and to get dressed for the day. And it really does start things off right. So I really like kind of having that option. As great as you know, doing your yoga practice first thing in the morning is you know it can be really great too. But there's definitely something to be said about using it to cap your day in the evening and to stop work and and really because it's so true that you can really keep going and get kind of caught up in that and just one more thing, one more thing. And it's hard to shut down at the end of the day. And I I really liked what you said there about using that.
1: Yeah. And I think for me, the the first year of freelance on my own, I had to find uh, when I had my greatest, source of creative energy when that was and for me it's the mornings like my brain is well rested there's not much you know that's that's creeping into the day yet so I capitalize on those hours and it was the same um when I was teaching fitness classes like those were the hours I would make my my playlist and put together the workouts um so yeah and I kind of feel like I've earned night classes after oh my gosh getting up ridiculously early like 4:30 a.m. Sometimes to teach classes, yes. <laughs> so oh yeah, gosh, I'm like, eh, that's that
0: okay. I put in
1: my morning time.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. So, if you could give one wellness tip to to other people, um, what would what would you tell them?
1: Ooh, just one. Mm-hmm. That's really hard. I would say, um. I would say, (laughs) God, move as much as you can. Like Even if you don't feel like you have time in your day to commit to an hour workout, and and there are days I don't, even just getting outside for 20 minutes to stretch, to breathe, to get some sunshine on your skin – will make you feel exponentially better and not like some turd or a blob or some person who's been chained to their desk all day. Um and I've definitely had those days. So so yeah, just just do what you can and don't beat yourself up if you missed a day or, you know, it was only ten minutes today or something like that.
0: I love that. I love that. I think that's so important. So with fitness and food and wellness, the whole nine yards, being, being part of your life, um, how do you balance that with your relationships, um, especially with your fiancé? Does, does he um, mirror kind of your same passion for wellness?
1: Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> um, he is in post-production visual effects. And he works upwards of 16 to 18 hour days pretty frequently. And a lot of the times his food is catered in. But he's he's hitting his 30s and he's starting to feel the effects of not taking care of himself. So it's really fun to watch him start to, to discover his own sort of path to health and wellness. And I've never been the partner that nags or whatever. I just kind of like quietly do my thing and... Um if I'm making a meal, I make it healthy. He doesn't complain. He's happy to have food. <laughs> um and and it's fun because I could send him like 30 articles and say here's here's what you should do, but he wouldn't even care. It's he has to find it in his own way there was something about red meat. Like I read the China study when it came out. And started talking to him about it, and he was like, no way, no how, I'm going to have my red meat and my meat daily. And about two years ago, he stumbled across an article on one of the sites he reads daily that said, you know, here's the here's how much you extend your life if you only have one meal of red meat a day. And he cut it down to one week. And I was like, okay, well, you just got to find it for yourself. That's cool. It's your journey. Um, but yeah, I mean, living here, it's sort of almost stupid, easy to be healthy, if I can say that. <laughs> um, well,
0: sure especially there, with that contrast from being in Detroit and you know how different it is, like, like from where I am to where you are with, with kind yeah. of that world and the ease.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like I've, I've hit all pockets and corners in the food cultures across the yeah. country between travel for work. And L.A. really is, like, the easiest for eating. There's a farmer's market every single day if you want it. The food tastes amazing. This is where 60% of America's food is made. So we get it at its source. Sorry, the rest of America. I was like, this is an avocado. This is amazing when I moved here. So it's really fun to discover that and, and um, to be, like, at the source of food. It is life changing um and and friends here I'm ridiculously blessed with awesome friends who are yoga teachers and into wellness and health shocker I'm sure <laughs> so like if a girlfriend calls up and is like Look, it out, we're probably gonna end up going somewhere that's vegan and um that's just how it is so it's 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 almost nice that it's not something I think about here. But we'll see how it is in Australia. So that'll be like a fun new challenge.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. That's really cool. And I'm I'm a little bit jealous of that culture. But <laughs> I think the world as a whole is sort of awakening to this a little bit more. And, and it's cool to see different areas um, add more things and, and making things more accessible. So I guess kind of going off of that... Where do you see wellness and accessibility of this type of thing and just everything like that, where do you see it being in 10 years?
1: Good question. In 10 years, I think everybody is going to have a much better base knowledge and awareness. I mean, that's – God bless the internet for that. (laughs) Like, Just everything – you want is at your fingertips, good, bad, in between, but it's also such a powerful tool for education. And if you are motivated, then you will hustle and you will teach yourself what you need to know. Um, you'll try things. And I, I think, um, I think that there are a lot of really smart, interesting, cool people who are thinking systematically about food culture here in America. And that's exciting. And I, I do think there's going to be a big shift and what that is and um in my hopes in 10 years is that this this is probably crazy and audacious but why not put it out there i would love to see soft uh, soft drink companies out of business with sodas and that that's lower to no sugar stuff is just bs like there's no need for it so go away <laughs> go away um,
0: please huh <laughs> i'm totally with you they need to just go away
1: I just, yeah, and then I think other um, food companies will start to take responsibility and follow suit, you know? And and it's not necessarily that they're evil or they need to be demonized. We're all learning as we go. We are all learning. Um, And it's hard to turn the ship around when you're at the helm of a billion-dollar-plus company making something. That's not easy. Um, So I, I really respect food companies who are making the transition and I, I definitely don't think any of them deserve to be demonized um, so yeah I think I think more um, more education I think products, consumers companies, everybody's getting smarter so I'm excited I'm hopeful for our food culture and um, food systems in 10 years
0: me too, me too, I love that, that was a very optimistic yeah. answer and and I loved what you said about the, the soft drink co- drinks companies yeah. and um, um, and I think and it really goes off of off of this. I I heard um, Joe Cross speak a few weeks ago, and and one of the things he said, which I thought was brilliant, he was like, McDonald's can be my best friend, and it can be the wellness movement's best friend. If every single person went to McDonald's or Nabisco or Coca Cola or whatever it is. And asked for green juice. <laughs> they, if 10,000 people did that in a day, and they did that every day, then they would put it on the menu and it would be a and, dollar and that would be what would be cheap. And he was like, he just was driving home the fact that every time we make a purchase, we're voting. And yes. I think that that's really cool. And I think that it's really great that the more people who know that and can really get behind the fact that every time you buy a soft drink or something that isn't the healthiest or isn't made with the best ingredients. You're just voting to have us have more of that and to have it be cheaper. And I think it's really sad that right now an organic cucumber is so expensive it's almost hard to afford. And then, you know, you can get a pop at McDonald's that's huge for a dollar. And and it's kind of sad that, that that that's the way things are right now. But I think... I'm really optimistic that the more knowledge there is about this, the more people will understand that everything they purchase is just a vote to, on how we want the world to be. So I think that that's really cool.
1: Absolutely. Expending is power. So
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. So um, thinking about that a little bit, and I kind of feel – like, I got preachy a little bit there, but <laughs> with what we were talking about with relationships and this lifestyle and, and keeping that balance um, and, like, what we were talking about with your with your fiancé and, and other people in your life, your family or um, whoever it may be, clearly you're passionate about wellness. We both are, and, and this is something that you enjoy, but how do you find that line? How do you know when you're being maybe too preachy or trying to put these views onto somebody or just trying to help someone? How do you find that line and and know when it's the right time to kind of give information and, and know when you should hold back?
1: I'm more of a do it instead of talk about it sort of person. So if I want to make a dish for somebody, who might otherwise never consider eating something, I just do it. And if they like it, I'm like, cool. You know what was in that? Yeah. It was good for you. Um, like I had some friends over who are like hardcore meat eaters and I made them vegan enchiladas cause I'm, I'm not a vegan, but I'm allergic to dairy. So it rules out a lot of food. <laughs> um, so I was just like, okay, I'm going to make vegan enchiladas. And I think I had challenged myself to eat vegan for the month. That was the other, uh, factor in the situation. And they loved it. It was made with, um, kale and, you know, just, plants uh, <laughs> um it was a, it was a great recipe and yeah. uh and then it's like hey guys you just they're like oh you know I was like, that was a vegan dish and and they had this whole opposition and and thought about what vegan was um so yeah so so yeah i was just when it comes to food stuff I just make people food like that's my way of loving them loving them um so I make food um and I'm sure it was like more of a nag in my 20s I've tapered off way I'm just sort of chill about it. Like if you want to know something, um, I assume you're going to ask me, I'm not going to bring it up and I I don't know what's going on in your life. Um, so, so yeah, so it it takes more of a conversation and getting to know you before we dive into those, those personal topics like food and (laughs) and, and your schedule and what you have time for, what's your budget. And there's so many factors that go into creating a lifestyle, um, that, that I just want to listen to people's stories instead of doling out advice.
0: Mm. Yeah, wow. I really, I really like that. I think that's that's really good advice for me to hear, especially. I think what you said there about food is a really personal topic, and it may it makes sense when you start to think about it, but it's not it's it's not really intuitive, especially for me. You think of food as being one of the least personal topics (laughs) out out there because we all do it every single day at least three times a day and (laughs) and it seems really unpersonal but personal but it but it is it's super personal because people's relationship with food is really paramount in their lives and and it completely depends on their lifestyle and their financial situation and how they were raised and who they're with and their time and and all of it, and and I think for for me or you or or anybody to try to give someone information or help when it's not when it's not needed is just just really kind of detrimental and and will really have more negative effects than positive effects because it could affect their mind and they could get into kind of guilt, which is more unhealthy than anything you could possibly eat is stress and guilt and, and all of that. So. So that's, that's really cool. I just, I just learned something big there. So thank you.
1: (laughs) No problem. Um, It's just, it's really funny. I made my last summer, I was staying with my parents um, for a weekend. I made a vegetarian lasagna. And uh, my dad was was really quiet which is unusual for him he's, he's a social boisterous talkative guy and I'm like what's up dad like what's going on and you know is, is, did, is the dish not good and I'm not I'm, I'm not like uh patting my own back but I'm a good cook I've been cooking for since I was eight I've learned a few things along the way <laughs> um so so like balancing ingredients and things like that and it was good it was like the height of summer we picked the vegetables up at the farmer's market I came home and made them Um, and he was just like, he was like, well, I'm really concerned that you're trying to turn me into a vegetarian. (laughs) And I was like, dad, I'm not a vegetarian. I'm not a vegan. I'm not anything. I'm an eater. Um, I'm doing this thing. I'm trying to like eat vegetarian, vegan this month. And so I wanted to, to make a dish and share that with you guys. And he was just like really and it, and it surprised me so much because I think of my dad as such a smart guy that he was really like upset about the food and thinking like this one dish was going to turn him into a vegetarian. It was really like humbling and, um, perfect in what I needed to hear. So like, even when I feel like what I'm doing, is like an act of love to think about, how someone else is interpreting that, or the kind of like fears or emotions it could bring up from something as simple as a dish <laughs> is is uh is kind of always at the forefront of my mind when it comes to food
0: yeah that that's really interesting because I think it, there's so many factors generational factors, financial factors lifestyle and just freaking taste you know yeah (laughs) there's so much that comes down to it when it comes to food that it's really it I love what you said it's a very personal topic and I just yeah I I think that's great and I think that's something that everyone who's into wellness and who's into all of this really needs to consider is that when yes we want to share it because we're passionate and excited and it would and that that just makes sense that you would want to share it but I think doling out that advice and those ideas sparingly and, and waiting kind of for people to come to you is really important because it is so personal and there is so much emotional stuff there. Um, so, so anyway, so now that we've determined that it's personal, can I get personal with you and talk food? Sure. (laughs) Um, okay, so cool. So I'm going to give you a little scenario um could you kind of walk us through let's say you have like a crazy day like busy day you're just a busy bee buzzing around LA how would you go ahead and feed yourself that day if you had um you were busy doing things but you wanted to make sure you were fueled for the day um and and kind of had what you need maybe walk us through like uh breakfast, lunch, dinner—that's sort of typical—and maybe a snack that you'd have.
1: Ooh, um, most days I work from home, so that's really easy because my kitchen is <laughs> just around the corner. Of nice my cafeteria. Office. It's a great cafeteria, um, and and uh, the temperature is always perfect. It's wonderful. So um, I have a pretty well stocked kitchen most of the time, and I go to the farmers market or the store. Um, probably an excessive amount of times for most people, but, like, three or four times a week. Um, I feel very French. I just, you know, pop around the corner and pick up stuff as I need it. Um, because and, and the other factor of that is, too, because I don't know if I'm going to have a client meeting and I'm going to be eating out or something like that. Um, that could come up in the course of a week. But if I'm having a super busy day, start to finish... Um, I have to say that I cheat a lot, like there's just so many places here in l a that I can pop into and grab a juice or grab an amazing salad or go to the Whole Foods hot bar or something um, so yeah but but the basis of most of my day is plants and a lot of healthy fats i eat I eat at least an avocado a day. <laughs> Um, and I find lots of creative ways to use them, like on toast or in quinoa. Um, I'm sitting here thinking about what I'm gonna make for dinner with quinoa and an avocado. I come over. Come on over. Um, because um, I have to clear out my kitchen before I leave. Um, and yeah, um, I don't know. Now living by myself, not having two people, I do find myself kind of just running out and grabbing things more. Um, and being a little more lazy because cooking for one is really not that fun sometimes. Um, so I've learned how to like single portion things again after, um, almost four years of cooking for two or more. We like to invite friends over a lot. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think just, I, I keep a lot of healthy fats, nuts, avocados, um, I love vega uh Vega brand proteins and um their so bars, good. yeah, um, I don't know if it's Vega or Vega Vega or I don't vega?
0: know I say Vega, but I like Vega too. I'm gonna switch off now
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is, but they they've been amazing um supporters and collaborators with the blog, so I have a totally awesome stocked kitchen with, uh, with Vegas stuff. And, um, I'm not their brand spokesperson by any means, <laughs> but it's good. And it's cool. Cause there's lots that's easy for me because there's no gluten. There's no, uh, dairy. There's nothing in there that's questionable or I had to think about. Um, and it's pretty low on the sugar scale and it tastes like a plant. <laughs> yeah. It's
0: um, so good. I'll put the link below this interview yeah. as well.
1: The, uh, surprisingly, I'm not a big fan of, uh, dried cherries or cherry flavored things, but their dark chocolate cherry bar has been my favorite. It's kind of awesome. Um, the little chunks of cherries are surprising and there's like quinoa and spirulina and all these amazing things for you. And it's just, I'm packing those on my, uh, flight along with something I found today, which is, uh, how to make hot ginger tea on flight. Like You just chop up your ginger and your lemons and put a dollop of honey in and that'll get you through TSA. Oh, yeah. I,
0: awesome. I saw that reposted. Oh, around. wait, that was on
1: you. Yes. <laughs> I love
0: that. I was
1: like, that's genius. I'm so doing that. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Katie. You're
0: welcome.
1: <laughs>
0: I love that. Um, That's awesome. That's awesome. So I guess this first of all, has been amazing. And I just have my rapid fire questions for you. Okay. But I have one last big question. You ready for it?
1: I'm ready. Let's go.
0: <laughs> so what are you most excited about in your life right now? What's next for you? Tell us about your projects and ideas and, and everything. And then of all of that, what what's the one that you're most excited about?
1: I can't talk about the one I'm most excited about. It's still so confidential, but I'm Ooh. like bursting at the seams to tell people. <laughs>
0: well, that's cool that there's yeah. just something.
1: It's big. You'll um, have to come back
0: on the show to talk about yeah. that.
1: It's big and um, it, it will keep me busy for a really long time. And um, I'm blissed, grateful, thankful, and um yeah, this th- I hit the ground running when I come back from um, from the other side of the world. So, so yeah, I can't talk about it yet, but um, there's big stuff on the horizons. Um, I can tell you one big thing, um, okay. which might be a sh- kind of a shocking thing. I'm going to uh, close well in LA by the end of the year. I just feel like it's it's time. Um, I have another direction I want to kind of like bring things in and I want to get a little more sassy about, um, I I feel like my well in LA writing style is, um, very nice and sweet and polite. And, um, I want to get a little more confrontational and challenge people. And I don't feel like that's the platform I've set up for well in LA. So, um so I'm I'm working through my own branding process to bring something new to life and it'll probably launch in February of next year and I'm super excited about it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, so so yeah, so um I I I just feel like there's so much to constantly create and keep pushing the envelope and keep learning new things. Um and I'm a Gemini so I I like need as much stimulation as a Mm two-year-old in my day, you know, like, Ooh, what's this shiny thing? Oh, I'm tired of that. (laughs) Like, so as long as like projects are, are fun and interesting and have a cool scope and I enjoy the client's, I feel like I'm going to really like this new direction forward so much more than sitting in an office and doing data analysis, which was my life before, but it was a good life. It paid well. So so yeah, this this uncertain territory is really fun and engaging and exciting, and I get to talk to cool people like you, um, which I probably wouldn't be doing if I were doing data analysis.
0: (laughs) Well, I know I said that that was going to be my last question, but... I guess how you made a really big career transition. Then, could you tell us a little bit about that, and any advice you have for people making that transition and that jump?
1: Yes, um, my advice is to, and I'm I'm stealing this from someone I've read somewhere along the line in the internet. It's really hard to sort these things out <laughs> when you're like constantly absorbing. Um, But go back to what you loved to do when you were five and that's what you should be doing as an adult and I played and I colored and I created things like that's what I loved to do when I was five and um, somewhere along the way I thought I had to have like this very serious sort of noble career that was steeped in academia and I'm good at school and so I stayed in school um, but I sort of had this quarter life crisis that came to a head where, you know, it, it's one of those, if you deny who you are at your core, um, it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> you've got to figure that out and you've got to go in that direction. And it's hard and it's a struggle. Um, so, ages like, 20 let's say 26 to 28 were pretty hard Um, and I credit my other half for putting up with lots of crazy while I was like what do I want to do with my life because I hate um, sitting in air-conditioned offices from nine to five I'm a miserable human being at the end of that day Um, so so yeah just finding what gave me flexibility and freedom and creativity and um, realizing my perfect job didn't exist so if I wanted that, then I needed to get up off my ass and go make it.
0: Mm, I love that. Okay, well, that's an inspiring way to end. And <laughs> super exciting. Um, all right, you ready for a couple rapid-fire questions? Let's go, let's go. Okay, first thing that comes to your mind? Um, play. Oh, love it. Okay. Um, favorite typeface?
1: Oh, you're that's bad. Yeah. Um Oh my gosh, which one am I obsessed with right now?
0: It's like choosing your children. Uh,
1: you can I, choose two. Okay, um
0: Seraph and Sarah,
1: <laughs> I'm really into this one called Die I don't even know if I'm saying it right. It's I D- love Die Dot. I, I love Die Dot. Um I love that one and I re-fell in love with Open Sans this week. I don't know. I'm working on it on a project, um, on a web project, and, and it just has lots of sub so it's fun. But, yeah.
0: Nice. Uh, I love that.
1: I like to pair masculine and feminine a lot uh, when it comes to fonts. So,
0: yeah. Mm, love it. Okay. Favorite color?
1: Um, neon. <laughs> <laughs> I I tend to wear a lot of red or pink. Uh, It goes with my skin tone.
0: I love it. Favorite month of the year?
1: May, because it's my birthday.
0: Ooh, I'm I'm almost May. I'm April thirtieth. Spring. (laughs) Favorite book?
1: Um. I have read Little Women more than any other book in my life. Uh, um, favorite book, though, that is closely encroaching on that number is The Alchemist, which I reread once a year, and I find at least five new things, new lessons from it. Um, Paul Paul Kaleo is just an amazing author and, like, life scribe.
0: <laughs> Love it. Favorite song? Ooh,
1: um... Oh, this is like fonts. <laughs> right now I'm really into uh Royals by Lord, who is this 16 year old New Zealander with pipes she's like new like uh Lana Del Rey but with more gravitas
0: Ooh, I can't wait to look that up um that's really cool I was just writing it down okay <laughs> favorite fruit
1: ooh strawberries
0: favorite vegetable
1: avocado vegetable. That's a fruit. (laughs) fruit. Favorite vegetable. I really have grown to like Brussels sprouts.
0: Mm, Yeah. What's your favorite way to make them?
1: Uh, A little bit of olive oil, cumin, and paprika. Roast them in the oven. Um, Or I have a Thai dish that I use them in, which is pretty awesome.
0: Yum, yum. Favorite cookbook?
1: I'm going to go with Crazy Sexy Life, which isn't really much of a cookbook, but it was sort of a big shift in the way I cook, so I'm gonna call it a cookbook.
0: Chris Carr is amazing and totally counts as a cookbook. Love it. Yeah, and
1: and her follow up, The Crazy Sexy Kitchen, was really really great, and um, liked being introduced to Chef Chad. So (laughs) yeah,
0: yeah, and it's beautiful visually too, which I'm sure you appreciate as well. Yeah, (laughs) photos are beautiful. Um, Speaking of Chris, juice or smoothie?
1: Juice. I'm not a big fan of cold foods.
0: Nice. Avocado or ratatouille? I think I know your answer to this one.
1: Oh, avocado. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, coconut milk or almond milk?
1: I ooh. Um, I do avoc- or, uh, avocado milk. Oh my gosh, almond milk more. But I like to actually blend the two together when I make them at home
0: mm, yeah and avocado milk would be good too so
1: be <laughs> <laughs> weird I, mean, yeah,
0: I don't know how you do that it'd probably be green but no. anything avocado I don't think you could go wrong <laughs> well okay that's all I have for you that was absolutely amazing Erin thank you so much and tell everybody where they can find you for at least a little while longer
1: Oh, there'll be mad amounts of URL redirects happening. Um, my blog is as well in LA, and it is w e l l i n l a dot com. And um, there's a little design tab at the top, and my design uh, business site is just my name. It's aaronhoslog dot com. So I'm easy to find. She's <laughs> awesome.
0: amazing, and I adore her and all of her work from her blog to her design business and all of those links will be below so even if you didn't have a pen if you were out on a walk listening to this all of this will be below so thank you so much aaron and everyone have a wonderful day bye